This is Shop Talk Radio, episode 26, with Jim Quick. Welcome to Shop Talk Radio. I'm your host, Nick Onkin, and on this show, we bring you inspiring guests to dive underneath the hood of the creative entrepreneurial lifestyle to bridge the gap between art, commerce, and inspiration. What is up, Shop Talk Creatives? I'm excited to bring to you today's episode because we get to learn about learning. Imagine what you could create if you could increase your brain power by just 10%. I know that's something that I dream of and something that I want to do. And today's guest, my good friend, Mr. Jim Quick, is super smart and super talented, and he specializes in training people how to expand their mind, how to memorize and retain more information, how to speed read, and much, much more. Jim trains all the great minds of this world from Richard Branson, Will Smith, Jim Carrey, Oprah, Clinton, many, many more. And he has had the amazing opportunity to just get off the set of X-Men for 10 days, training the cast and hanging out with them as they filmed the latest movie. What's awesome about Jim, he's a super cool guy and he's all about learning and education. And Jim and I have ran into each other over the last few years, especially at Pencils of Promise events which we both support. And if you've seen or heard me talk about Pencils of Promise, it's a charity that I completely and wholeheartedly love to work with. And I've shot all of their branding imagery and I've been with them since the beginning. So education is hugely important to me, which is why this whole connection is a great one of synergy. So Jim is also starting this thing, or he's started this thing called Superhero You. It's about unlocking your inner superhero and superpower. And we all have something that we're good at that we get to unlock and get to expand. And check his website out, superherou.com. It's all about optimizing your life and optimizing everything that you do. And also check out his other websites, quicklearning, kwiklearning.com, and you can check out his online courses there on speed reading and memorizing and whatnot. Jim Quick is his overall website, which gives info on his speaking gigs and the people that he trains and all what he's all about. So check that out. And today's episode, I'm excited because we get to learn some little tips and tricks that are just the tip of the iceberg of what he teaches. So you'll get an idea. But one little thing we get to learn is how to improve your, your reading speed by just 25 to 50%. One little thing and how much time and money that actually saves you along with many other things. So without further ado, let's jump in. Well, today we've got the amazing Jim Quick in the studio today on Shop Talk Radio. So welcome to the studio, Jim. Thanks for having me, Nick. Thanks for coming all this way. Um, So let's just get started. Why don't you give us kind of an outline of your story and and what you do, first of all, and the story that's led up to all the learning and and everything that you do. Okay. Well, my, my passion and my mission is helping people to unlock their superpowers. I think there's a superhero in each of us, and I call it the superhero you, Y-O-U. And uh, that's always been my vision, to live in a world of, of real-life superheroes. Can you imagine like, if everyone was stepping into their power? Because I think everybody has their set of unique strengths, their unique talents, their unique uh, gifts, if you will, you know, their, their specific passions, and uh, to see it fully expressed. And also, but a superhero doesn't have strength. They also have purpose. You mm. know, so they use their strengths to be able to add value to their community or to their, to their work or to their friends or to the world I love at that. large. Yeah. So like expanding your mind. 
It's all, yeah, it's all about empowerment. It's about transcending, you know, transcending meaning ending the trance,、mm. you know, ending the trance that we're not good enough, that we're separate, that we have limitations. And,、uh, and so, you know, I think that's something that's kind of spread out there by sometimes by, by media or by marketing. And I think, you know, when people step into that greater version of themselves, that's really、mm-hmm. when they really light up.、Yeah. You know, when people are fulfilling their soul's purpose and they just, you know, they just kind of walk around and they're just, they're, they're unstoppable. Yeah, light on the feet. They're completely. <laughs> so,、um, you know, when people see, you know, my, my, my superpower is really、um, everyone's superpower, and that's the superpower of learning. I think、mm. we all walk around with this genius potential. And if people have seen me on, on stage or on videos, they see me like memorize a room full of people's names, or, you know, they'll pass around, you know, really long digit numbers or, you know, random words. And they know I read like a book a day, and I'm just, I, I'm an avid learner. But I always tell people I don't do this to impress you, I do this to impress upon you. You, what's really possible because、mm. you're capable of doing it also. It's just we're not shown how. You know, I thought it was always interesting growing up in school that school teaches you wonderful subjects on what to learn math、mm. and history and science and Spanish, but there are not any classes on how to learn, you know, how to、mm. be creative. How to be a great listener, how to, how to innovate, how to think for yourself, you know, how to remember things, or how to have focus or concentration, or how to be able to read with greater speed and agility. Yeah. And so、um, that's really what you know, my work is with、uh, quick learning. Yeah. You know, and with, with the last name Quick, you could say my, my life and my destiny was pretty much planned out. <laughs>、uh, it's not, I didn't change it to do what I do. I had to, I had to be a runner back in school. Um, which is a lot of pressure too when it says quick right on your shirt. <laughs> And、uh, I have to be careful when I'm driving because、uh, the worst name to have on your driver's license when you get pulled over for speeding is, 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 the, is the name quick. And,、uh, and I get to teach my, my Dharma, you know, my,、mm. my passion, which is teaching people how to, how to learn anything faster, any subject or any skill. And, Got it.、Uh, I think we're walking around, they say we use like, you know, 10% of our, 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 you know, our genius, our、yeah. potential, our, our mind's potential. And, you know, what I like to do is help people light up the other 90% of their, of their gifts. Yeah.、Um, so let's just rewind a little bit. And how did you stumble into this or get into this or what, what was that turning point、yeah. for you?、Um, I mean, it's,、uh, it's actually kind of interesting.、Um, I, didn't, uh, I didn't grow up with these superpowers. I actually. Um, when I was a child, when I was five years old, I had a, a head, a head accident,、mm. a head injury. And so it left me learning challenged、um, at the、wow. age of five. So I was very, I wasn't just a, a slow reader, for example. I was very slow to learn how to read. And I, I didn't have any memory to speak of. And、uh, because I felt like I was broken, I didn't really connect you know, well with, with others.、Yeah. And I became very introverted. And,、um, And so, going through school, and I don't know if people could identify with this, it was a real big struggle.、Mm. You know, I had to work so much harder than everybody else to get worse results. And、uh, finally, when I got to college, I thought, this is my chance, this is my opportunity to start fresh and,、uh, and you know, make my friends, my family proud. And I, I did even worse. And,、um, and in order to be able to keep up, I would,、uh, I would sacrifice the things that take time, like、mm. namely sleeping. Eating, you know, you spend, you know, working out, spending time with friends, all the things that rejuvenate you and, and repair you, I sacrificed that and then it wasn't very sustainable. So I ended up actually, actually passing out in the library. I fell down a flight of stairs. I hit my head again. Oh my God. And I woke up two days later in the hospital. I was down to、uh, 117 pounds. Uh, which is kind of scary. I thought I died. I was hooked、Whoa. up to all these IVs. I was very malnourished. And I thought that I had died and that there has to be a better way. And when I had that thought, like, you know, the, I don't know if the universe or whatever, there was a sign, but the nurse comes in with a, a mug of tea. And on it had a picture of a, you know, interesting creative,、uh, Albert Einstein.、Mm. And it had his quote, and you've seen it in different iterations. It said, the same level of thinking that's created the problem won't solve the problem. Mm. And it made me think about like, what my problem was. And I thought my problem was、uh, I was really a slow learner. You know? and,、uh, and how do I think differently about it? It's like, well, how do I learn better and smarter? And I thought about school. And I was like, There, there's nothing I could learn about school to help me you know, to be able to learn this stuff. And so I started studying just my brain. I wanted to know how my brain works so I could work my brain. I started studying neuroscience and multiple intelligences and adult learning theory. And after a short period of time, maybe 60 days, my, my, like a light switch went off on、hmm. and just on, if you will. Just, I just, my life changed. I started to understand things. I started to, 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 to remember things. I started to, to read with greater speed and, and ease. Wow. And,、um, 
And after that, I couldn't help by getting those kind of results and helping other people to do the same. Because I never want to have to people to, uh, to suffer the way I did. And uh, one of the, my very first uh, students that I started working with, she was a freshman in college. And uh, you know, she actually read 30 books in 30 days, mm. which is astonishing, right? Like if, crazy. You, if you could go to the local bookstore, go to Amazon, just pick 30 books to read and just know you'll have them done in a month. Like, what would you read? Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> and, uh, and so, and I wanted to find out not how she did it. Obviously I, I know how she did it. I want to know why, mm. you know, cause I'm always curious, you know, what motivates people to, to act. And I find out that her mother was diagnosed with uh, terminal cancer and was given 60 days to live. Mm. And the books she was reading um, during our time together were books on health and wellness and medicine, psychology, because she wanted to uh, save her mother's life. Wow. And I, and I just, you know, um, I just, you know, said I would keep her mother in prayers and everything. Fast forward six months, and I get a call from this young lady, and she's, she's crying, and she is, I can't, I can't, she can't even talk. And I find out there are tears of joy. And uh, her mother not only survive, but it also is really getting better. Doctors don't know how or they don't know why, mm. but her mother attributes it 100% to the great advice she got from her daughter that learned it from all these great books. Wow. And that's that's really where, I, and I get these goosebumps. Yeah, uh, me too. I'm, I'm like, feeling them now. That's like, incredible. Like, like certain, your body knows too, right? Your spirit, it's like truth bumps, you know, if you will. And I just, yeah. I realized that, you know, that ideas have impact. You know, when people act on it, you know, things, amazing things could happen. They could uh, change lives and also even save lives. And, yeah. Uh, and I've been doing it ever since. That's know, so this. cool. Yeah. I love that. Now, let's go back to the, the point where you, you got out of the hospital and you decided you're going to go after it. Like what, what were some of the things that you got after? Cause obviously you've created this program now. how did you kind of discover that for yourself? What did, where did you go to? What was your, yeah. what was that? Well, I'm, I'm also very, um, you know, na- naturally I was just very curious and I'm, I'm very skeptical about a lot of things, you know, growing up. And I, I always wanted to know what the answers were. I'm very stubborn that way. Mm. And so I was looking for superheroes and mentors. I'm a big believer in coaching and finding role models who are getting results that you want and, uh, and, and learning from those people. And that's why I love books. Mm. Like, you know, like if somebody writes a book, let's say they have decades of experience in a specific field, you know, whether it's photography or, or if it's entrepreneurship or it's philanthropy, they have certain skill sets and, and experience and they take those decades or, you know, years of experience and they put into a book and you can sit down in an afternoon or a couple of days and read that book. You could literally download decades into days. And mm. I just, I love that. You know, you don't have to go through the same trial and error and the pain and the time it takes. And so I was always looking for role models. And so, you know, growing up, having not fit in really well, you know, I always thought that um, when I finally was able to read better, that that books became friends also as well. Mm. And uh, and so I look for mentors, people getting real results. And so, for example, I remember, you know, going back when I was eight years old at being at a family reunion. It was a Saturday night at a restaurant and the waitress comes and she takes everyone's order. And when she comes to me, I noticed something funny. She wasn't writing it down. I don't know if you ever had a waiter or waitress like that. And I'm just thinking there's 25 of us. There's no way she's going to get this right. <laughs> We're going to have to send stuff back. We're going to have to trade plates. And um, But when she came back, she got every single thing perfect. Wow. Like, like the, the, the beverages, the salad dressings, how we, you know, the appetizers, how we wanted the meal cooked, the desserts, every, and, and that's a standout skill. That's a, that's a superpower, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so um, she was kind of like, she, she changed my limiting belief of what, what is possible. It's kind of like that metaphor with, um, kind of like Roger Bannister, you know, in 1954, he's known, you know, most known for breaking the four minute mile. You know, yeah. throughout human history, no one could run a mile in less than a minute, uh, four minutes. And all of a sudden, you know, he did it not just through training. He actually visualized himself crossing the finish line and looking at the clocks and it's his 359, uh, which was interesting because he knew it had to happen here and inside his mind before it happened on, in the external world. Mm. And then what was interesting after that, you know, because I just did a whole ESPN special on this, was that, you know, after that, dozens of people started breaking the four minute mile. And, it, you know, there wasn't a big advancement in, in shoe technology or training or supplementation. It was just a change in belief. Because mm. the belief before that was if you ran a mile in less than four minutes, your heart would explode in your chest and you would die. 
And <laughs> like that would keep me from running. I'm a runner and that would keep me from ever, ever running. And so sometimes it takes somebody to come along and shake up those beliefs. But that's what I really believe. You know, that's what I, I, I love the work that you do. You know, I, I surround myself around creatives. You know, I think there's a creator in, in all of us. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, when we're talking about visualization, for example, you know, like what Roger Bannister did, taking the invisible, which was in his mind, and making it visible to the rest of the world, mm. that's what creatives do, right? Yeah. They, they use the, their superpower of imagination. That's like a, you know, a Walt Disney walk, looking out at an, you know, an orchard full of oranges and saying, well, that's where the Magic Kingdom is, castle is going to be, and that's where Tomorrowland's going to be, right? And that's yeah. where the jungle is going to be. And they make the invisible visible for the rest of the world to enjoy. I and, love that. Uh, anyway, but that's the same as, you know, whether it's Elon Musk and, you know, or any of these individuals that are inventors or they're creators in technology or they're working on a brand new startup that needs funding. You know, they have this vision for things. Yeah. You know, and that's what, you know, Picasso has this uh, quote says, you know, learn the rules like a pro so you could break them like an artist. You know, oh, so I love I'm, that. I'm all about like, you know, learn the rules like that, but then you could do something unique for yourself. Mm. You know, what's that unique superhero expression, you know, of your gifts to the world that no one's done before? Yeah, that's amazing. So how have you worked with creatives in in the work that you do? I'm sure you've worked with tons of creatives since you surround yourself with them. What what kind of things you teach them and and how can what you do how does what you do parlay into creativity? Yeah. I mean, for so I um I get to for the past two decades, you know, it's been my mission to help people to change the way the world learns, mm. and that's been, and fall back in love with learning again. Yeah, you know that learning doesn't have to be this kind of thing traditional. I think a lot of the challenges we have in in the twenty uh, first century is this thing like overload. Mm. You know, a lot of us aren't being creative because we're stifled with too much overload. You know, how many how many emails do you get a day? You know, how many books do you need to be able to read? So I want to be able to upgrade our skills, and I think part of it is we. We all grew up with this 20th century education that prepared us for a world that doesn't exist anymore. Hmm. You know, they say because the school system itself, and this is not a slight on on teachers. You know, my mother's a school teacher, my aunt's a professor. Um, you know, at Harvard, and and it's not one of those things where it's I just it's a systemic issue. You know, yeah. we grew up in an assembly line, one size fits all. You know. Uh, don't talk to your neighbors, sit quietly by yourself. And then the world, but the world we live in right now is so different, you know, and the, the school system hasn't changed. They say if, um, if Rip Van Winkle woke up today, the, the only thing he would recognize is the education system, mm-hmm. you know, and that's the thing. And so, you know, we live in this world right now of electric cars and spaceships that are going to Mars, but our vehicle of choice when it comes to learning is a horse and buggy. And, you know, that's, that's, that's how people feel. Wow. And, uh, and so, when we're talking about, uh, you know, working with creatives, I get to um, do a lot with. Um, we do a gathering, so our so our our, our students are online in 120 countries. Wow! Uh, quick learning. So we have these online speed reading and memory enhancement programs that are not. It's not based on just taking a magic brain pill or or, or take doing time consuming brain games mm. rep- that are repetitive. It's actually like how to remember names and faces, how to give a speech without notes, how to learn a foreign language. You know, at half the time or, or a third of the time. Uh, pin numbers, passcodes, you know, anything that, you know, remember jokes or decks of cards or just anything that you need to be able to be mentally alert about. Because nowadays, you know, everyone listening to this, you know, you're, you're, it's not so much you're paid for your brute strength, you're paid for your brain strength, right? It's not your muscle power, you're paid for your mind power, your intelligence, your creativity, your ability to solve problems uniquely and innovate. And, but there's no schooling for that, you know? So we created, um, kind of a university, I call it, you know, superhero U, Y-O-U, where it's, we kind of bring together the Batman, Wonder Woman, Superman of learning. Yeah, you know, like the like you know we bring in uh, Sir Ken Robinson to talk about creativity. You know we bring in the the uh, Guinness Book of World Records fastest human calculator to teach you how to do mental math. That's crazy. And, you know we bring in the the creator of uh, MacGyver. Do you remember MacGyver? I love MacGyver. You know, MacGyver's like you know hey you have duct tape and a you know and a, and a stick of gum and how do you you know disarm this nuclear weapon? You know like <laughs> he teaches uh, problem solving. You know when you have no external resources, you have no money, you have no you know equipment. How do you solve problems? Yeah, and uh, you know and then we post these videos online completely free you know on our superhero site so people could watch them and and you know and share their best knowledge with other people and you know and play it forward 
And so, and, and, and we attract a lot of those creatives, you know, who come to our, our gatherings. You know, uh, we had the CEO of Zappos, Tony Shea, come to our last event. We had the Roddenberry family come, who's mm. created Star Trek. Wow. You know, just some really interesting individuals. And, you know, that's what we're really passionate about is, is working pe- with people who are going out there to inspire a lot of people, you know, as well, including that's, everyone listening. So cool. I love that. It's, uh, it's, it's interesting that you, you bring up problem solving and cause that's such a huge, that's a, that then it's also a mental game. It is. And I feel like that's a big thing. That's a lot of what creativity lends itself to, especially in my realm of things where we have a target of what we need to shoot and then we need to problem solve to get, achieve that result. Yes. Um, how, how do you better those skills? How do you, you know, improve your problem solving yeah. skills. I mean, the, the great thing about this and pe- whether it's people, you're, let's say you're a poet or you're a writer and you feel like you have a writer's block or something that you hear in a problem, you know, life is all about and as an entrepreneur, you know this, cause I know you, you work with a lot of like uh, social entrepreneurs also. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's all about an entrepreneur is just somebody who is a professional problem solver for the world, offering a unique pro- you know, solution to a problem that, you know, hasn't been solved yet. And so there's certainly, creativity is not something we have, it's something that we do. Mm. And so I think uh, all learning is state dependent. You know, all learning is state dependent, meaning that where I start from is is our current state, the state of our, our mind and our, and our body. So a lot of people, they get locked because they're even, even simple things like their body is locked up. Like we know we're more creative when we move around mm. because the science tells us, and we've discovered more about, you know, the human brain and you know in the mind in the past 10 years than the previous 1000 years and we know that as your body moves your brain grooves as your body moves your brain grooves literally like that. that that you know to increase your intelligence you could do things like ballroom dancing you know it's been shown to be able to help you know with your mind that uh, simple things like ju- learning how to juggle there's mm. a study done in oxford that says that jugglers actually have bigger brains they have more white matter and it's kind of interesting. And I like juggling as a metaphor for life because how many of us feel like we're juggling many different things around <laughs> exactly. all the time? How many balls do you have up in the air? And if not balls, you know, flaming swords sometimes. <laughs> right. And, and you can't ever feel like you could drop it. But it's a nice metaphor for life. Also interesting is, um, you know, people ask about, you know, how do you read a book a week? You know, I like to get people reading at least one book a week. And um, juggling is a great exercise for the eyes. Mm. Meaning that as you're juggling three balls, you only have two eyes. You can't focus on each of those, you know, the, each of the balls. So you actually have to just kind of look forward and soften your foveal vision, you know, expand your peripheral vision, if you will, so you can take more information in. Yeah. And that's the similar relaxed state that you want to be in when you're, uh, when you read something. So instead of looking at one letter or one word, you're seeing multiples, like two or three words, so you could absorb mm. them and, and read it faster. Um, but speaking of, of brain states, you know, there's there's lots of things you could do to get in those states. Actually, there are four brainwave states looking at the science of it. I don't want to make this like a science talk, but basically you have um, delta is when you're fast asleep and beta is when you're most awake. Hmm. And your creativity states are actually in the middle. They're the theta and the alpha states. Really? And so right above... Um, right below uh, beta and that's when you're most awake you're on your day and you're moving about and you're thinking and stuff that's beta that's the, the frequency right below that is alpha and the alpha state is actually the ideal state uh, for learning things in and they call hmm. it a relaxed state of awareness it's kind of the state that you go into when you do yoga or you meditate or if sometimes you watch television you see hmm. people who are watching you know television or they're watching sports and you're trying to have a conversation with them and they don't even hear you because they're like in a trance yeah that's an alpha state that's the state where your unconscious mind is just absorbing information because your conscious mind is off to the side not filtering or squelching any information hmm. information is just going in and so there's different things you could do to get in that alpha state and it's been shown to help learn languages more quickly and lots of other things that you want to be able to learn especially you know i work with um, a lot of actors to help them memorize their lines and their scripts and stuff like that being in an alpha state is a wonderful state to learn in Um, Uh. and so visualization helps get you an alpha state um, breathing exercises, deep diaphragmic breathing, hmm. conscious breathing will put you in alpha state. Another thing interesting is uh, music. Certain music will put you in alpha state. Um, not, um, not like rap or heavy metal, but actually like um, soothing music, like relaxing, like classical music, specifically hmm. uh, from the Baroque era. So Bach, Vivaldi, like certain, because it's like uh, 60 beats per minute. 
Interesting. Which it harmonizes with the human heart rate, which yeah. at rest and puts you in that state. But that's the alpha state for learning. But the the creative state, though, is the state called theta, and that's the state that you're in uh, right before you go to bed. And hmm. have you ever noticed like you'll be kind of dozing off to bed, or you just wake up and you're in that theta state, and you get to identify it because that's your state where your imagination's just going. Yeah. It's like you're coming up with all these ideas, like right before you go to bed, and you're or you wake up with all these remembering your dreams and you're in this state and it's it's kind of fleeting that's why we encourage people to have a journal you know by their bedside but that mm. data state is a wonderful state and in fact a lot of scientific discoveries we're talking about problem solving was create you know created in that data state like Einstein uh, you know was uh, he's known for his science background and formulas left brain but he was actually extremely right brain he would do a hmm. lot of his thought experiments would be very right brain imagination visualization he would sit in his class in the classroom look at a clock and wonder what would that clock look like if i was sitting on a beam of light headed towards that clock hmm. and he would do these thought experiments he would actually do a lot of experiments you know in princeton like sitting in a, in a chair outside you know just sitting outside and just holding like a rock and he would try to get close to falling asleep, but he would hold the rock because he didn't want to fall asleep because he fell asleep. He would go into Delta state, but he wanted to stay in that state right before you fall asleep. So he could visualize and have some amazing, uh, some amazing, you know, ideas. And speaking of dreaming, by the way, there's this process to be more creative going mm. back to our original conversation. A lot of creativity is actually in that dream state. So learning to, you know, get deep, sleep, you know, that restorative mm -hmm. sleep, that REM sleep is so important because, um, you know, we teach a process called lucid dreaming and lucid mm -hmm. dreaming is that state that you're in. Have you ever had a dream and you notice like you're actually aware that you're dreaming? And mm -hmm. so it's kind of an interesting state, but you could actually train your mind to do that. And what's the benefit? The benefit is you could actually start, uh, you know, living out certain dreams or fantasies, you know, while you're sleeping, you, oh, know, wow. eight, eight, you know, eight hours a night or what have you, you know, and in fact, a lot of inventions had amazing uh, works of art where it actually came out of uh, a lot a lot of music came out of, of dream states you know a lot of inventions like uh, uh, the sewing machine was invented Eli Elias wow. Howe actually was struggling creating a sewing machine because he didn't know what to do with the needle and initially the, the hole was in the middle of the needle and then he had a dream that night that he was captured by these uh, the, by these natives and uh, and they were he, they were gonna attack him with these spears and he noticed when he looked at the spears that the hole was actually right there at the end and he woke oh, wow. up in this state thinking he has the solution and he created the sewing machine from it so a lot of you know Ma mary shelley's frankenstein oh, wow. was an inspiration from one of one of her dreams wow. you know so your mind is always it's it's amazing if you want to improve your self-esteem overnight just study your amazing <laughs> mind it, it, it is absolutely incredible that's incredible now I, I like what you said about you know the the theta state of creativity and and how it happens a lot when you go to bed so if you're you know, as a full-time creative working during the day, you know, we're always kind of have to be in that, in that state. How is there a ways that to, to hack that and to jump into that creative, the creative mode, the creative state so yeah. that we can jump, jump, tar, jump start and like say a project or whatever we're working on. Absolutely. And so I think, you know, changing your state is important right away. And you can change your state two ways. You can either move your physiology, like mm. move your body. So there's been you know, a lot of uh, research coming out recently that to be more creative, just walk around. You know, people mm. who wander and meander around actually are more creative because it breaks the state of being, because it's locked in your body. And as your body moves, your brain grooves going back. Yeah. And so you can't have the same kind of thoughts. And so you could do exercises like that. There's things that we teach in the area of educational kinesiology where certain movements actually improves your brain power. And so for example, um, there's been studies done by Dr. Lawrence Katz that talks about that, for example, eating with the opposite hand actually engages the, you know, like, especially if, like, let's say if you're right-handed, you're eating with your left hand, eating with your left hand will actually engage your right side of your brain. And we know that's hmm. the storehouse for a lot of creativity. Yeah. You know, your left side is very logical words and language, but your right side is visualization, creativity, emotion, you know, the things that you need to be able to access to be able to express your art, if you will. Yeah. And so in using like your left hand to, uh, to brush your teeth or using your left hand to be able to, to read or using your left hand to be able to, to eat 
eat engages the right side of your brain because we find out that the your brain it's not just a brain body connection because you know that if somebody has brain damage on one side let's say they have an accident or they have a stroke on the right side of their brain then if they're paralyzed they're paralyzed on the left side of their body because one side controls the opposite you know right. back, back to high school biology but we're also finding that it, the reverse is also true that your body also affects your brain and so it's 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 really interesting, and that goes back to juggling. I find also the fast, the strongest readers out there generally tend to be more right-brained because they're not just experience. You know, they're not they're not just saying the language, which is left brain. They're experiencing the words. Mm-hmm. You know, so for example, I had uh, somebody meet me on the street recently, saw me on the street, and said, "Hey, Jim, I have a re- really quick story for you." He's like, "I went through your speed reading program, and I, ha- I was reading this book, and I recently reread the book after your program, and it was completely different." And I was like, "How is it? You know, what book?" were you reading and he said it was the old man in the sea and i was like well i don't think hemingway updated the book recently <laughs> how is it different the second time he was like after going through your your program i felt like i was in the book you mm. know i could hear the ocean waves i could feel the sand beneath my toes he said the one thing i didn't like was the smell of the fish huh. and that's so interesting but that's a full sensory experience but that's all right brain you know it's all it's all whole brain if you will and so what i like to do is make learning simple you know, there's no class on learning, you know, but this is kind of like learning one-on-one because your brain controls everything. It controls your relationships, it controls your career, you know, it spearheads, you know, your finance, everything that, that you want to be able, that you're engaging with, but your brain doesn't come with an owner's manual. Right. And so, you know, and it's not user-friendly all the time. And so showing people these little brain hacks on how to get more out of the, themselves, it, they'd show up completely different. Yeah. What would, what's your favorite brain hack? Um, Oh my goodness! I mean, I could do, I could give you hundreds of them. Okay, give me top three. How about that? So I'll, I'll give you a few. Just that's on my mind. Yeah. Just for us right now. Okay. So, um, so if you want to read faster, one really simple thing that everyone could do, if you want to improve your reading speed twenty-five to fifty percent faster, mm. is using a visual pacer. And people don't realize this, but you're not taught, you're not encouraged to use like your finger or a pen to underline words while you read. But studies show that by using your finger just to underline words as you read, you'll improve your reading speed 25 to 50%. Wow. Which is insane. That's you know, that, crazy. that 50% increase. People and people would say, why is that important? The average person has to, you know, entrepreneur or creative, you know, or professional, what they have to read about three to four hours a day mm. just to keep up. Think about all the emails and all the websites and all the journals and all the magazines, the newspaper, the books you would need to, you know. Especially these days exactly, in the digital age. Exactly. You know, the amount of information is just doubling at dizzying speed. It's like people taking a, a sip of water out of like a fire hose, it feels like, right? And so we're drowning in it. And so, so three or four hours a day, even so if you could double your reading speed and save two hours a day, even if you just save one hour a day over the course of a year, that's 365 hours. <laughs> now that's kind of a really big number. Just so to break it down, that's nine 40-hour work weeks. That's two months of productivity you get back saving one hour a day. That's you know, insane. Absolutely. And so using your finger while you read will help improve your focus. It'll help prevent you uh, from backskipping, like rereading words. Have you ever done that? You read a line in a book and then you find yourself rereading that same line? Yeah. So a lot of time is wasted there. So it'll help your focus for people who have their mind wanders when they read. Um, it'll help them to not regress and backskip. So 25, 50% across board without any practice. Wow. And people could test that easy. They could read something for 60 seconds, count the number of lines, and then just read something underlining words with their finger and that number will be 50%, 25, 50%, sometimes 100% wow. greater. So that, that, that's for reading. Um, for, I would say a brain hack that I'm, I'm experimenting right now is, is something called a floating. And this is might it's mm. kind of interesting. You what floating is, and most major cities have a floating like lab, but a float uh, you go into a flotation tank, and it's kind of like a sensory deprivation huh. tank. And a sensory deprivation tank, you're basically going in. It's pitch black, and you go in, and there's about ten inches or about a foot of water with nine hundred pounds of Epsom salt. And so you go in there. <laughs> Uh, without any clothes and you're just floating because of the salt and because you can't see anything and it's uh, and you can't hear anything because it's a sensory deprivation so it's uh, you can't hear noise and the the water temperature is about 94 degrees very close to the human body temperature yeah so you don't know where you start and and your external environment begins so that's your sense of sight and your sense of hearing and your sense of uh, feeling and so you're just existing and it's kind of like your mind and so you do that for about 60 to 90 minutes or so and it puts you into that amazing restorative state and so when you leave the, 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 uh, and you're finished 
not only does uh, not are you more creative because you're in that state and you could just journal and write and you come up with all this amazing stuff huh. um, you also your senses are so heightened because it's you know how they they teach you to how to build one you know strength by by like if you want to improve your sense for example of, of hearing you just close your eyes and just you can't see so it cut, you cut off your senses so you, other senses get heightened yeah but here you're cutting off all your senses when you emerge you know, like the things that you see have a certain, are so vivid wow. and, they're so, and they're so vibrant. The things that you hear or smell, it just has a new resonance to yeah. it. And it's, 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 it's really fun. So floating is something people <laughs> could Google and, and I gotta, look into. I got to try this out. It's kind of like the Dead Sea. Yes, exactly. Except in a pitch black tank. Yes. And, I, and I've done this too. You know, part of what I love to do, because what I do is so cerebral, you know, I, I do these, these experiences, you know, where I, I was hiking in the Amazon rainforest and we came across a indigenous tribe and we were their very first Western contact ever, which is, wow. which is insane. You couldn't communicate with them. They never met Westerners before, wow. but you know, being creative, you know, by the, by the second night we were um, having dinner with them. And by the third day, we we're playing with their with their children. And I think those experiences, you know, I love what you talk about when you talk about travel because to be more creative, it's really a change of perspective, mm. right? It's a change of uh, environment, it's a change of place, it's a it's a change of people that you're spending time with because who you spend time with is really who you become. And so I love to surround myself, you know, myself around creatives, people yeah. that are doing interesting things because I find I get stimulated the same way. Yeah. And recently, I've been doing these kind of anti-gravity flights um, where you get into a plane and they kind of gut the plane out and put these paddings around it and you go up. And as you're going up the plane, they call them parabolas, these cycles, gravity gets, uh, it gets heavier, right? More hmm. intense. But then as you reach the peak and you start going down, you start floating up. You literally start to levitate like a superhero. Wow. And so for 30 seconds, for all intents and purposes, you're Superman, you are Superwoman, you're flying. <laughs> and uh, I post a lot of these pictures recently on my Instagram and my Facebook, but it's like, it's an experience. So I'm all about, I think part of being creative is put yourself in ex you know new experiences. And especially mm. as a, as a coach and as a teacher myself, I like to remember what it feels like for something to be brand new. You know, I'll always, mm. as much as I can, schedule permitting, you know, say yes, because when you say yes is when your, your, your life changes. You know, when we say no, not much changes. It stays the same, but we say yes, we open new opportunities. And so I want to experience those things. And I think it expands who we are yeah. and it allows us to see things through different eyes and different, different, you know, through, through different experiences and ears and such. And so we could, uh, you know, impart that in our art, yeah. in how we express ourselves, yeah. you know, to our clients and, and to, to our world. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I, I guess this actually brings to light for me, just kind of the way I've always lived my life is like, I, I, I have to have change in my life, the travel, like going different places, experiencing new cultures and new people, meeting new people, having new conversations. And I feel like that's, uh, this, this makes a lot more sense now um, in terms of creativity and getting inspired and, and getting inspired to do the next thing or for the, that project that you're working on. So recently you worked with the cast of the X-Men. Tell oh, us how that I, came one, about. One of the, oh my goodness. So this is, uh, I love, uh, I love the superhero mythos. Obviously I totally geek out. Yeah. Like I love Comic it. And, <laughs> and one of the reasons why is, um, is because growing up, I, you know, we're always looking for heroes. And I think like the, the hero's journey, right? Joseph Campbell's uh, hero's journey. I think that's like in our DNA. You know, when we watch Star Wars, we watch Avatar, there's certain you know, aspects of it that just light us, light us up. And um, recently I did a program at Fox Studios um, for their senior officers. And going down the hallway, I remember looking at all the movie posters and you'd appreciate this nick like you see movie posters of star wars of aliens of titanic yeah. of avatar and it put me in that childlike state and i think one of the things you know if we want to be more creative is just remember what it's like to be a child you know a child has that you know they have that playfulness they have that curiosity they ask lots of questions sometimes as we grow older we don't we don't have the same level of play play we don't have the same level of of asking questions because we feel like we know everything but anyway it put me in that kind of childlike state because remember all learning is state dependent in creativity as a state also as well. But when I, uh, when I did my, because I was in that childlike state, I really, I felt like I crushed it like during, mm. during this training, you know, everyone got these amazing results. And afterwards we're walking around the studio 
and I was with the chairman and I saw this movie poster of uh, Wolverine with Hugh Jackman. I think Hugh Jackman's awesome. And I was like, wow, I can't wait to see that movie because it wasn't out yet. And then, you know, he picks up the phone and five minutes later, I'm in the, uh, I'm in the theater by myself with, a, with these 3D glasses watching Hugh Jackman. No you know, way. Like, you know, take out all, all these ninjas. Anyway, afterwards, we were talking, he was like, you know, what do you think of the movie? And I said, it was, it was great. And I, and I tell him this story because I'm still in that seven-year-old childlike state. I tell him that, um, you know, most people don't know this, but I grew up with learning challenges and I couldn't learn how to read for the longest time. And I taught myself how to read by reading comic books mm. because there, I didn't understand the words, but somehow looking at the pictures and the illustrations and looking at the story, it, brought, it drew me in yeah. and it gave it special meaning. So I was able to read. And, uh, and I tell them the, the uh, superheroes I love the most were these superheroes called the X-Men because the X-Men, you know, they, they weren't necessarily the strongest superheroes, but they, they didn't fit in. Yeah. You know, they were different. They were these mutants, if you will. And, and I felt like that, that was me. You know, growing up as a child, I felt like I didn't fit in. And so the, when, I, when I was reading one of these comic books as a child, I, I realized that it says that the, uh, the X-Men school, the headquarters with Professor X, it was actually in Westchester, New York. And that's where mm. I grew up. And so on the weekends, get this, I, I tell them that on the weekends, I used to ride my bike around, uh, around the neighborhood to try to find the X-Men school because I wanted to run away. No and I wanted to leave my school and I wanted to live with the X-Men because I wanted to be there. <laughs> anyway, I, I explained this because I'm totally geeking out like I'm seven years old talking to the chairman of Fox <laughs> Studios. And he was like, Jim, I didn't realize you like superheroes. How would you like to go to Comic-Con? And then I was like, wow. And then I, I go, and it's interesting because all of a sudden my adult brain kicked in. I go from a seven-year-old to a 77-year-old. I'm thinking, <laughs> oh, how do I get there from LA? And I don't want to wait on lines and I don't have clothes and I have all these meetings and, you know, a lot of, and, I, and he's looking at me, they're trying to squelch. Cause that's what adults do, right? Yeah. You know, when it comes to creativity, I mean, I'm not talking about chronological age. I mean, the age of our mind or the age of our heart, you know, our spirit, you know, our soul, if you will. And then it's, you know, I start squelching it, like making it not possible which is not really good if you want to be creative, right? Because when you're writing or something, you want to write as if, you know, you're writing for the, the waste paper basket. So you, have, you fully go out and not trying to edit yourself. Anyway, he looks at me and says, well, I'm going tomorrow if you want to go. And then automatically I snap out. I'm like, oh, if you're going tomorrow, I want to go with you. Yeah. So he picks me up the next morning and we go down and we get on a plane. And when I get on the plane, this is crazy, Nick. There's the entire the cast of X-Men on the plane. No way. And, uh, you know, and so now this movie, you know, this that just big summer blockbuster is with Hugh Jackman and Holly Berry and Jennifer Lawrence and Patrick Stewart, who's like John Picard from Star Trek and Sir Ian, you know, who's Gandalf and <laughs> Lord of the Rings and like Peter Dinklage, you know, from Game of Thrones and Anna Paquin from True Blood. I mean, it is a cast. Wow. Michael Fassbender and, and it's, it's wonderful. So I get to spend the entire day with them. Um, at Comic-Con and it was really wonderful. And on the way back, um, I was just so, I just thanked him so much, the chairman. And he was like, Jim, I have something else, you know, how would you like to go on set? And I was like, whoa, because we have, a, have another month of filming. And I was like, wow, but what can I do for you? It's just like, you know, work with the cast and crew and, you know, do your thing and add value. And I was like, oh, I could do that. <laughs> and so the next morning we're on a plane and we're going from LA to, uh, to Montreal. And I got to spend a week on set with them, and I got to see my 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 superheroes as a child come to life. That's amazing right in front of me, and you know Monday through Saturday, you know, and just twelve hours a day, and just spend time and eating with them and working out, and just you know, and so it really it really fed me. But what what was the what was the interesting thing is when I came home and I was just high, you know, just just on on, on life. Uh, there was this package waiting for me, and it was it was wrapped up. It was like the size of a plasma TV, and I open it up, and there's a photograph in there, and it's me and the entire cast of X Men. Wow! And it looks like it's a class photo, and the 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 note in there said, "Jim, thank you for sharing your superpowers with us. Uh, here's your class photo." I remember because I was like, no as a, as way. A, and how classy is that? Because as as a seven year old, he knows I was looking for my school, yeah, trying to find the school so I could attend that school. And then decades later, you know, I have this amazing memory and these, you know, the kind of things you talk about in terms of creating moments. Yeah. That was a real moment. That's amazing. And all the stuff leading up to it was creating that moment. Right. And whether it, you knew it or not. And it came though, and this is an interesting insight, it came from me not filtering myself and, and, and acting like a child, not being childish, but just being in that childlike state that let me be vulnerable, talk about, you know, the challenges I had, yeah. being, you know, transparent about it and being authentically excited about that enthusiasm. And, and that led, because if I didn't do that, it would never, I didn't even know Comic-Con was going on 
that that weekend yeah you know and and it would open up this amazing opportunity there and uh and just and just one of my favorite memories but if uh and and the interesting thing and also I, i would i would share this with uh with your with your tribe and your listeners is that um X-Men Days of Future Past, you know, the, the, the premise of it, for those of you who haven't seen it, is uh, Patrick Stewart, you know, who plays Professor X in the future. Uh, the future is very bleak mm. and it's very challenged. And he sends Wolverine back in time to give a message to the younger version of Professor X, his younger self, oh, wow. to save the future. You know, and then so the question I would ask people, you know, of late is, you know, if you could go back in time, what what advice would you give to the younger you? Yeah. You know, what advice would you give if you go back five or ten years? You know, what advice would you give yourself? And then, you know, project yourself five or ten years from now and see where you are. And and what advice would you come back to the talk to uh, the, the you of now of today, what advice would you give yourself? Yeah. You know, so I, I love asking those kind of questions. Like what's your superpower? If you have any superpower, what would it be? Cause I think we all have these kind of gifts. Yeah. I love that. That's such a great story. And I'm, I'm excited that you got to, to live that out. And you should see the picture. I put it on Instagram and, uh, and Facebook. I would love to connect with, uh, with you there. Yeah. Um, Jim quick, Jim quick. And, and we'll get to the, we'll get to all the social media stuff at the end and we'll get, uh, get everybody to connect with you. And I'm excited about that. And I want to go back to, so now when you were on set, I know there's certain things you can, can't talk about, but uh, what kind of things were you teaching them? Yeah, I mean, typically when I work with with actors, just in general, you know, I've had the opportunity to to work with um, you know a number of, of notables, and it doesn't matter. If they, I love being with creatives, you know, leaders of, of tech companies, you know, leaders of start, you know startups, um, leaders of entertainment or education, um, because I, I also learn a lot also as well. Mm. Because these are the outliers, right? These are the individuals that um, you know doing taking ordinary things and making things extraordinary. And so typically with, with actors, I'll teach them how to speed read scripts or to be able to memorize their lines or to be more present, you know, and concentrated mm. and, and focused. You know, and I think part of it also underlining the superhero's journey is this thing of responsibility. I remember recently I got to introduce two of my superheroes together and uh, it was Stan Lee, mm. uh, you know, Stan Lee. Stan Lee created, you know, basically the Marvel Universe. So Spider-Man and Fantastic Four, Avengers, X-Men, you know, he's like kind of like the godfather. For me, he's like a living Disney. So yeah. when I think about creatives, I think about Stan Lee. And, uh, and we were going and I was introducing him to dinner um, with Richard Branson, mm. who I think is very creative also. You know, he's got 300 companies. He's a creator, right? Oh, man. And, and, a, and a force of nature. Um, you know, and a force for good, you know, we're supporters of Virgin Unite, um, you know, which is his, his foundation. Yeah. Anyway, it, we're in LA and you know how LA is when you're driving around a 10 minute drive, end up taking an hour and I'm in the car with Stan and I ask him these questions like, uh, you know, well, you know, what was superpowers and, you know, and about their passions and his passions. And I found out actually Stan has two passions. He has, uh, he still works. He's, uh. he's turning 92 this year. Wow. He still goes to work Monday through Friday, nine to five, because he's passionate about storytelling. Wow. Talk about creatives, right? Yeah. And the other passion he has is his wife, hmm. who's, uh, who's one year older. No and the two way. of them are awesome. And so I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of him professionally, but also personally. Um, but the other thing, though, is I asked him who his favorite superhero was. And he said, and he's, and he asked me, he asked me mine and I, and I asked him his, and his is Iron Man and, uh, and mine is, is Spider-Man. I love yeah. Rob as Spider-Man cause he was kind of geeky and gets picked on and, you know, like, just like, I, I think everyone <laughs> can identify with that misfit kind of, you know, uh, persona. And, um, anyway, when I said Spider-Man, he looks at me and says, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. Yeah. You know, this phrase we've heard over and over again. Um, and, and it's interesting because my mind, the way I think, you know, how I'm a creative is I also, I'm very polarity. I'll just reverse things. And I say, it's interesting, Stan. I think the opposite is also true. Yes. With great power comes great responsibility, but I also think with great responsibility comes great power. Mm. Like when we take responsibility for where we are and that we're not a victim of our genetics or our family or of our circumstances or the economy or, you know, or, or our environment, if you will, and that we take responsibility, you know, looking at the word responsibility, our our ability to respond, then Mm. we have great power. And I think that's what, that's why I love being around creatives because they're at source. You know, Sean Stevenson would say, would say they're at cause, as opposed to being at effect. 
Mm. And that's what I that's what I love. And those are the people that are going to innovate. Those are the people that are going to create new things. And um, and people, I noticed that creatives they they leave room for this. And 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 I, I mention names just because. And sometimes it's it's not about name dropping. It's because it puts a picture in people's minds. Yeah. If I talk about John Smith does this, and it, you know it doesn't really stand out for people. But um, you know I, I'm. I'm 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 very close with uh, Quincy Jones, oh, and wow. he's, he's he's a superhero for me, right? In music, I mean, as yeah. a producer and a composer, amazing, right? And uh, and you know, we spend a lot of time together, and I put a lot of his lessons that I learned, you know, uh, mm. you know, I post a lot of that and blog about it. But he he leaves room for serendipity, like in the studio when he's in a studio like this and he's composing, he leaves room, you know, for God, and then yeah. when he calls it, you know, room for serendipity because you can't plan for certain things. Certain yeah. things just emerge when 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 uh, Tony Shea talks about collisions, right? And two people colliding, creating something, you know, new. Yeah. And that's what creativity is. It's a collision of two new thoughts. You're taking this thought and this thought that are very ordinary, but putting them together, all of a sudden you have a brand new thought. And that's why I love creatives because it's different than if I give you a dollar and you give me a dollar, we have the same dollar, no big deal, right? But if I share an idea with you, Nick, yeah. and you share an idea with me, all of a sudden we have two brand new ideas. And that that's a beautiful thing. I love that. That is that is an incredible thing. And so I'm always looking for those, when I'm talking to creatives or I'm talking about you know people who are achieving amazing things, sometimes you know a, a deep conversation like what we're having here is worth more than sometimes even reading a book, right? Mm. And so what I'm looking for specifically, is I'm looking for distinctions from that mm. person. I want to know how they 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 shape their world. I want to know how they made their decisions in life. Yeah. I want to know the deeds. So distinctions. I, I want to know their disciplines. And I want to know what their how they make decisions. I don't want to know their deeds. What do they do? What are their habits of success? Yeah. Because you know, first we make our habits, and then our habits make us. Yeah. You know. So I think there's habits to creativity. You wow. know what I mean, there's habits to there's nuts. For example, there's no such thing as a good or bad memory. There's just a trained memory and an untrained memory. So the people who have really stellar memories, they have these memory habits. Same with thing with reading. You know, but when's the last time you took a class called reading? You're probably eight years old. But you know, so most people they never really develop good habits on how to how to read. For example. Yeah, it's funny you say creating your, the space for serendipity because the whole create your moments thing that what we were talking about one of the lines in there is create the space for serendipity because you can't create something straight up that you want you can but it, le- it takes out the authenticity I feel like mm. so if you create the space for it and allow whatever to happen in that moment you're creating more of an authentic moment completely so that, that was just a collision of, of thought there from <laughs> you inspired me. I like that. So, write, write that down. <laughs> definitely. So one of the, one of the other things I wanted to ask you was, so a little bit of a transition, actually not, not transition, but you mentioned the way that people make their decisions in the frame and, and where, what's, what's your frame? What's of making decisions? I mean, it, it would, so I'm very outcome oriented. And so, you know, I think, you know, a lot of us, we, we expend, uh, we, we, we suffer from decision fatigue. You know what I mean? Cause there's so many opportunities there every single day in terms of what you're going to focus on and what, what projects you're going to take on and who you're going to be able to work with. And so I think a lot of us unconsciously, sometimes if you feel mentally slow or you feel like brain fog, it's because we have a lot of open windows. It's kind of like, you know, on your, on your computer, you know, you might have a lot of open windows and open tabs and, and uses up a certain amount of energy to keep those things open. Even if they're minimized, they're still taking up space. Yeah. Right. And I think a lot of us are suffering from this decision fatigue because we have all these unresolved decisions. So I think it's really important to have systems because you can leverage mm. yourself as a creative different ways. You can leverage yourself through, um, things like technology, right? Technology allows you to leverage yourself. Yeah. Um, like what we're doing here and be able to broadcast something to, to scale mm-hmm. to lots of people. You know, you can leverage yourself through a team. You can yeah. surround yourself with people that allows you to, to expand. You could also leverage yourself through capital. A lot of people who are listening to this looking for startup capital and they could leverage that. But the other way of leveraging yourself is through clear processes, mm. systems, right? And so in having a system for learning, having a system for, for um, handling information, yeah. Like your, your email box is a simple thing. Having a system for how you're going to maintain your vibrancy in terms of your diet, you know, mm. depending on what your diet is, or having a system for being able to working out. And so we develop systems for putting people into that optimal state, which the natural superhero you, if you will, emerges. 
right? So it's not forced. It's something that happens naturally and organically because you set up yourself to win. Yeah. And so when it comes to, for example, uh, and we'll talk about decision making, but for example, there's there's ten keys for unlocking your superhero mind, mm. and I could give really quickly what those keys are. Yeah. Because what people find that you know part of your what you're offering as creative to either to your clients or to the world is things like your your mind power, your memory power. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying memorize things that you could find on Google. I'm talking about memorizing the things that you want to be able to remember. But part of you being an expert in your field and leading your field, if you will, is is your knowledge, your wisdom. Mm. You know. That's what separates you maybe from the person next to you. Yeah. And so, you know, one third of that is predetermined by genetics and biology. So one third. But that means two thirds of it is completely in your control, hmm. which is really great, right? It's your lifestyle. It's how yeah. you're using it. So the 10 things that you want to be aware of, and, and when I'm listing these 10 things, you could try to memorize them also, is just see what the areas that you're maybe lacking. Because being uh, being first a good decision maker is not suffering from decision fatigue, which means you have the energy and the vibrancy and the mental clarity and the acuity to make good decisions. So the 10 keys are, number one is a good diet. A good brain diet, mm. and I'm not going to go into it because there's a lot of resources online. But you know, there's certain foods that you know would that in support strong mental acuity. Things like uh, berries, like blueberries, right? Things like like certain nuts, like walnuts. Yeah, uh, you know, certain things like avocado, like certain uh, oils and stuff mm. like that. So you have a good brain diet because what you eat, you become, right? right. You are what you eat. Number two is uh, killing ants. Really good for your brain. And uh, I'm borrowing this from Dr. Daniel Amen, who's done more brain scans than anyone else in the country. He's got 30-something books on the brain. ANT stands for automatic negative thoughts. So kill Mm. those negative thoughts, okay? Because your mind is like a... I read this when I was preparing for a marathon and a quote on the mental training of it. It said, your mind is like a supercomputer and your self-talk is a program that will run. So if you tell yourself you're not good with names, you will not remember the name of the next person you meet because you program your computer not to. That's mm. a thought, right? Because your mind is always eavesdropping on your self-talk. So get rid of the negative stuff. That's Third good. thing for uh, optimizing your brain, becoming a superhero brain, exercise. Across the board, all these studies say that the more physically active you are, the better you're going to be mentally, right? Mm. So you'll perform better uh, mental acuity tests, your focus will be better, you'll improve on your memory, because whatever's good for your heart is good for your head. Mm. The fourth thing, brain nutrients. Sometimes we don't get all the great nutrients from our food because of the soil or because of our diet or a very fast food. And, you know, like you and I, we're always on planes and we're traveling and how do you get it? Supplementation. So brain nutrients. So certain vitamins, your B vitamins, you know, your oils and your fatty acids, all that stuff that you could supplement also. The fifth thing is positive peer group. This is a huge one. Who you spend time with is who you become. Yeah. And so if you want to activate your brain, you want to be around people that encourage you, that you know, that challenge you, that you can learn from, that stimulate your creativity. Right? Yeah. And so you have your team and you and you decide on who your peers are and you spend time with those people. Um, after that, number six is a clean environment. We know that organizing your office, how more how much clarity you have, <laughs> because your external world is a reflection of your internal world. Yeah. You know, and so the best chefs in the world, they all have a place, for example, when they're doing the recipes and they're they're creating us like a, a cake, for example, or a meal, that's a recipe, right? But creativity yeah. is a recipe. So they always everything has its place. So that's why they can they can move really, really fast when on a busy Saturday night and everything has mm. a place. Clean environment, huge. Number seven, sleep. Huge. How many people are not, honestly, if you were to really be truthful, are not getting the kind of sleep that they need, right? Yeah. And so sleep is your restorative, your your REM, your, your REM sleep, that's where you rejuvenate, your, your memories become consolidated, your long-term memories, and that's lucid dreaming, right? We do this whole program on, on how to remember your dreams and how to be aware when you're dreaming and how to guide your dreams so you can invent things and be more creative. Yeah. Really cool stuff, but get your sleep. And then finally, number eight and nine and 10, eight is brain protection, which is basically be, be, be smart, right? You know, I, I've, I've hit my head a number of times over, over the course of my life, but, you know, wear a helmet, you know, be careful with certain sports and, and yeah. stuff like that. Number nine, new learnings. And that's huge. That's why I love mm. the work that you do. You're getting, you're introducing new ideas and stimulating people with new learnings and new ideas. Yeah. You know, I was recently with Deep, Deepak Chopra and he said that, you know, the average person has 60,000 thoughts a day. He said the challenge, Jim, is 95% of those thoughts are the same thoughts they had yesterday. 
And that's the problem. We're, oh, wow. we're just, that's why we're repeating things over and over. And that's not creative, right? That's leaving a very small percentage where newness comes in, yeah. novelty comes in, innovation comes in. So you, have to, you want to change your life, change your thoughts. You want to mm. change your thoughts, change the questions you ask all the time. So one of the things I'm always encouraging people to do to be more creative and get out of that, be, be better decision makers or be more creative is ask new questions. Because when you uh. ask new questions, you get new answers. Right, you know, looking out again, you know, Disney looking at like he asked questions like, "What if this?" or "What if we could land a person on the moon?" or "What if we could do what if?" Yeah. And so new questions, no new learnings, because when you create new learnings, there's this thing it's called neurogenesis, neuroplasticity. That as you grow older, you could create more brain cells, but you also create new connections, and that's mm. those connections, neuroplasticity. You could grow older, but you could grow wiser, and you could grow better. And finally, number 10 is stress management. And that's big. In, in, in the society we live in right now, we're so stressed. So, you know, things, when you're stressed, you create cortisol and adrenaline. And it's really good for fight or flight. Like if you need to run or you need to be able to protect yourself, it's not really good if you need to think. It's not really good if you need to be able to solve problems. And it's really not good if you need to be creative. So manage your stress. So meditation, mm. massage, you know, just quiet time, take naps, be able to reset, get into that alpha and those theta states. Very rejuvenating. Yeah, that's great. That was that was some good good knowledge. So can we? I mean, I'm sure on your website you go deep, way deeper into this stuff and in your trainings. Yeah, on, on our on our, we actually posted a video on. So a couple of resources for people. It's completely free. If um, you go to our website, Quick Learning, and it's spelled actually different. It's K W I K. Yeah, that's my real last name. And so it's Quick Learning, and there's there's infinite amount of articles and blog posts. I think there's even a video of me teaching the ten things, but also teaching you how to memorize all 10 things mm. and so if you if you subscribe to our, our newsletter there you'll get that video and it'll teach you how to memorize those 10 things forwards and backwards and that's great if creatives want to be able to give a presentation like to a client meeting to an ad agency and not yeah. use notes Ooh. like i never refer to notes but be able to memorize that i'll show you how to apply that there uh, another resource is superhero you y-o-u mm. yeah that's y-o-u and that's it's all curated content you know and so it's all free and all the the conference material that we've ever shot we, we upload it there so you can see the video there of the creator MacGyver talking about how to solve problems. Yeah. You can see uh, when we talk about the best brain foods, you'll see a video of Dr. Daniel Amen talking about the best foods for your brain yeah. that enhance your intelligence and in your, in your mental um, agility, but then also the the foods that you should absolutely avoid and they will definitely surprise you and there are other things articles on there on how to be optimistic you know how to be more observant how to how to be a, a morning person like really kind of fun <laughs> like brain hacks to be you know kind of these biohacks yeah that allow you to kind of just live your life you know on purpose and so you could express that superhero because i mean don't don't wait for superman or superwoman to save you 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 are a superhero yeah you have, you have that ability you are superwoman you are superman you are a super child and just, uh, it's all about letting it out. And so we just want to curate and bring some of the best knowledge and wisdom in one place. And so connect with us both there and you can subscribe. We have a great newsletter there that highlights our, our top uh, post every single week. And then yeah. connect with me personally. I would love to meet you and and and, and follow follow you. So if it's on Twitter or if it's on Instagram or it's on uh, on Facebook, I'm always, you know, putting this knowledge out there for yeah. people because that's our purpose. We want to reach, you know, one, one billion superheroes. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. It's just Jim Quick, K-W-I-K. And that's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that goodness. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. So one last question that I love to ask everybody is, uh, what does live inspiration mean to you? Mm, I love that. Live inspiration for me is, is being a superhero that you know that you are. A superhero is somebody that goes out there and shares their superpower with the rest of the world and makes it a better place. Yeah. And that's, 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 that's the world I want to live in. I want to live in a world where people are expressing themselves who they really are their authentic you it's not even about changing yourself it's just revealing who you really are yeah and uh, sometimes we forget who we really are and i and i think a lot of the best work out there teaches you just how to remember and when i talk about memories it's not just about memorizing past codes or facts and languages it's about remembering who you really are you know and, and really connecting to that power inside of each of us and i don't want to get metaphysical here it's just you know who what we're capable of is absolutely astonishing and so, you know, ah. let, let's, let's let it out together. Well, that was, that was powerful and very inspiring. And, um, I just thank you for coming on the show. No, thank you for, for all you do. And yeah. This has been, it's been a lot of fun. Awesome. Well, I'd love to keep going, but we're about, we're about at time. So thanks for coming on and until next time.
Thank you guys so much for tuning in to today's episode of Shop Talk Radio. I hope you're just as inspired as I am by Jim's knowledge and passion. I know myself, I'm excited to go out into the world and expand my mind. I know I'm going to go take Jim's new speed reading course that he just refreshed on quicklearning.com, K-W-I-K, learning.com. So if you enjoyed today's episode, it would really help us out to spread the word and inspire even more people by going on iTunes and leaving us a review and a rating to get the word out there and get us up in the top rankings. You can also check us out on SoundCloud or shoptalkradio.com. Check out the photos that Jim and I took when he was in town in New York a few weeks ago. So stay tuned for the next episode and we'll talk to you guys soon.